Welcome to the Perpessence Podcast. Today's guest is Jamal Knight. Jamal, welcome to the show. Hello, how you doing? Yeah, so uh, it's good to see you. Thank you. Good to see you too, man. How you been? Oh, I've been great. We've been kind of playing tag and <laughs> trying to get this thing set up. And I know, right? <laughs> yeah. I've been using my uh, secretary, or I like to call my cell phone, you know, <laughs> to keep up with everything. So, yeah, understandable. Nice. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, can you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yeah, absolutely. Well, uh, a little bit about me. Uh, originally, I was uh, born in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, moved to Ohio when I was about seven-ish you know, years old. And uh, lived in Dayton. Uh, moved to Toledo in about 99. Uh, you know, kind of been here since. Uh, I'm also a filmmaker, and I'm a uh, avid uh, aficionado when it comes to uh, video games so uh, that's uh, a passion and hobby of mine I love right I have noticed that you've been steady with that I've been seeing that pop up online a lot mm-hmm. yep I, uh, I have a uh, little gaming community I'm building a uh, building up called gaming after dark so uh, you know I do live streaming on mixer and uh, just do variety streaming playing games and uh, just just a place to go and have fun for everybody just let the air down, relax, and have fun after you know, a rough week. So cool. That's what I do. What made you get into that? Like, what what was the one thing that just kind of forced you? Like, all right, I'm gonna do this. Uh, I guess for me, w- what started was video games has always been like an escape for me. It's something I've always enjoyed. Um, you know, it kind of brought solace to me for a lot of things. Um, what I guess pushed me to do it is um you know i had a little bit of a uh, you know personal tragedy you know in, in, recently within the last uh year and you know i kind of went into hiding a little bit and uh you know i just started kind of playing video games more because it was the only thing at that time to help me cope and, and a little bit relax and uh you know i just uh just kind of took off from there with it and you know i had some of my close friends like hey you know you should you know, get into streaming and, and getting into more about video games. And, you know, how, and they showed me how I could actually make money from it. So nice. I was like, wow, okay, well, <laughs> my parents don't have to call me such such a loser. So, mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> so Okay, so you basically turned something bad into something good. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, definitely that. <laughs> cool. That's all. That's how this podcast started. Nice. So I, I'd like to think that's how we go about life in a lot of ways we you know kind of do what they say you can't polish a turd into a diamond but i think we do <laughs> well i beg it, to differ it, it's not easy that, that's for sure it's definitely <laughs> no it's definitely not easy but somehow we manage <laughs> it works yeah so. yeah so um you uh we were talking and you have uh quite the story to tell yeah, uh, so, you know, something I wanted to bring people's attention is something that I, it was one of those things that you didn't really know about to experienced it, and, uh, you know, for me it was about uh, PTSD, you know, post-traumatic stress disorder. Right, that, yeah. Um, you know, back in the day, a lot of people used to always get it, always, it was synonymous with people that, you know, was in war, mm-hmm. you know, veterans, or so, you know, that, you know, been through combat. Um, you know, my dad, 
had signs of it. It was okay. untreated. Um, however, he he clearly had the signs of it. You know, my dad had, was in Vietnam. Mm. Um, you know, so he had a lot of that. My experience for PTSD, you know, I didn't actually serve in the military. I was in ROTC in the Air Force, but no, like, combat in military. But um, for me, mine started actually about a year ago. Okay. Um, you know, I uh, actually lost lost my parents. Mm. And, uh, you know, we all know that's going to happen sometime. We're eventually going to lose our parents. You know, just going to happen. But I think it was how it happened. Yeah. Um, I think that's the part that really stuck out. You know, um, I was there, you know, when my when my dad died. You know, I was there with him in the hospital. Like, literally, I was, like, the last face he had seen, you know. And um, I was there when he took his last breath. Uh, you know, um, one of the things about, about PTSD, everybody's going to experience it differently. You know, for me, it, it's like, man, I'm probably telling my age when I say this, but it's like a videotape that just keeps playing on repeat. You, you can't ah. stop the tape. <laughs> you can't turn it off. You can't You can't do any of that. Okay. You relive it all the time. Okay. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, you know, um, what really made it even worse was, it was actually a, a year ago when I lost my dad. Um, 18 days later, my brother and I, we get a call that our mom also had passed away. I remember, yeah. Yeah, so we lost both of our parents within just a little over two weeks that's, of each other. That's rough. Yeah. and Really rough. And the thing is, it was unexpected. Right. My mom. It's not mm-hmm. like my mom was sick or anything. Um, you know, long story short, after, my, after our dad had passed away, my mom was saying that she was complaining about chest pain, mm-hmm. you know, and so we didn't waste any time. We got her to the hospital right away. Yeah. We got her there to go get checked out. Um, I don't know if this was true or not, but um, apparently my mom was supposed to go have a stent, which just opens up your arteries, mm-hmm. you know, your veins and your heart, uh, was supposed to be placed in my mom. Uh, but apparently she had refused the surgery. Hmm. Uh, I don't know whether or not that had anything to do with my mom's death, but, you know, that definitely had happened. Just, it was like two days after she was released from the hospital is when she passed. Wow. You know. And um, it was like, yeah, right after the release, it's like, that's, hmm. yeah. You, yeah. You think, like, you'd be all right if you released. Like, we have these professionals that are, like, like, all right, good to go. Exactly. You know, um, the part that made a PTSD is is that I had seen them, like, when they died. Yeah. You know, and, it, you know, I can't speak for everybody. I can't say exactly what symptoms are. I mean, I'm going to say right now, I'm not a doctor. I'm not, <laughs> they don't, do not take my advice, you know, definitely seek medical attention. But, you know, for me, what I what it felt like was, like today, today's date is September 16th. And in my mind, it feels like September 5th and September 23rd. Those were the days 
that my parents had passed. Mm. You know, my dad passed away on September 5th, and my mom passed away on September 23rd. Okay. You know. Um, is that because it feels like that, like, every day? Or does it feel like that just right now? It feels like that almost every day. Okay. You know, um, one of the things I, I experienced, because my mom, my mom died in her sleep, you know. So uh, I kind of developed a little bit of a fear after a while sleeping at night. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I was afraid of going to sleep, and I wouldn't wake up. You know, I, I actually had that, had that fear for a while. Um, you know, I didn't want to really do much of anything. I, I really just stayed home and, you know, it was, um, it, it was like an emotional roller coaster. It really was, you know, um, it, yeah, I think the toughest thing is to see my, my dad, I should say this, he, um, he died of cancer. Okay. He had liver cancer and if you know my dad and if you know anything about, you know, a man being in the military, you know, and seeing my dad to the point where he couldn't even eat a cheese sandwich, you know, it was just, it was very dramatic, you know. Right. You got, he's a man's man, served right. in Vietnam and <laughs> sounds like he can take care of himself, you know. Right, you know. Yeah. And, um. The, the night that my dad passed, I think the part I was hurtful was, was that my mom and my brother came, saw my dad. You know, my brother and I, we walked out the room to give my mom and dad some time to themselves. And the cancer had gotten so bad, like, it got to the point where my dad literally could not talk anymore. Um, he could just move his eyes, maybe make a couple hand gestures, that's about it. And... Um, when my mom and my brother were leaving, they left out. They were heading back home, and I and I said I was going to spend the night at the hospital with my dad because I didn't want my dad to be alone. And um, I told my dad this because earlier that day, the doctors told us that we're going to have to, you know, put our dad in the hospice, you know, that day. Now, this was that same day. That was at 1030 that morning they told us that. So then about 9, I remember the exact time. It was about 9.23 at night. And I uh, said to my dad, I said, Dad, you know, I'm not ready to give up on you. Um, I'm, I'm just not going to do that. I, uh, I told him that I'm sorry for the times I was a jerk when I was a teenager and uh, a little bit of a young adult when I got older, you know. But I said, I'm, I'm not ready to let you go. And. As soon as I said that to my dad, the thing is, what's weird is that I knew something was going on. I heard my dad stop breathing. I literally, like, was hugging him, and I felt him stop breathing. And, um, you, you know, like in the movies or on TV, when someone's in the hospital and they're flatlining, you hear the sound, you go, beep, you hear that sound? Yeah. That didn't happen. You would think it did, but that did not happen. Like, yeah. his vitals on the machine, it looked like he was perfectly fine. Mm-hmm. It, it didn't go down. It didn't fluctuate. It didn't trigger a warning alarm. Nothing. But, you know, I just knew something happened. And I had to be the one to tell my mom and my brother the bad news. I had to tell them that. You know, 
to be there. I mean, I've seen a dead body before. It's not like it's the first time in my life. But to see, especially when it's your own parent, and to see a body go from life and then just stop, you know, it's, yeah, that was, I like to call it stage one or my introduction level to PTSD because then it got worse with my mom afterwards. So. Yeah. <laughs> but can't imagine. Yeah. So, uh, so what, what is, uh, you said PTSD feels like, like a VHS tape yeah. on, on, on repeat. So yeah. what do you do? Like, you know, for me, what I try to do, you know, when I, when I have it and go through it is, you know, I try to, I try to somehow stop it and I'll try to put something else in my mind to, um, <clears throat> I mean, to help, to help keep my mind off of it, to help kind of distract it to where I'm not focused on it because something I've learned is that when you experience that kind of stuff, when you have something that traumatic, like if you don't try to stop it, it's just going to keep going and keep right. going and keep going. And then, you know, somebody could be talking to you and you don't even know it. You wouldn't hmm. even hear what they even said. It would be like, it's like, it's like you're watching a movie playing in your head. Yeah. That's what it feels like. Okay. So. Okay. So. What. what do you have like a, a, a method of stopping this now? Like, do you have like, I don't know, like three tips perhaps for anyone that's listening that is going into this or has been experiencing PTSD for a while? Yeah. Um, I almost said the first thing is I'm going to, it, it, I know people say this all the time, but I'm going to use this statement. It's okay not to be okay. Mm -hmm. You know, don't feel like, oh, I'm going crazy or, oh, like, you know, don't rush yourself to get better. Um, you know, if you're, if you're experiencing it, um, you know, some people may understand, some people may not, but those that don't understand, you don't have to prove anything. Right, yeah. Just like you know. anything else in life. Like if people look at you like you you like are like an alien or something or right. like <laughs> like you have a strange behavior or like just something like that. It's like own what you have. Right. So be confident. I know you can, I mean, that sounds weird to be confident when you have PTSD, but, like, right. if you, like, like you said, like, it's okay to not be okay. And right. what they think doesn't affect, it's not, it shouldn't affect you at all. It's not right. their problem. Exactly. You know, um, you know, the second thing I will say is, is if not at that very moment, as soon as you can to see seek some kind of counseling you know um i know a lot of people even still even in 2019 people still have the stigma of you know oh you're seeing someone because you're crazy mm. or you know you something wrong with you you know what the thing is 
it's not them that needs the counseling. It's you. It's for your peace of mind. Yeah. Um, so I would say you definitely, you know, if you don't do it right at this moment, I, I it took me several months. You know, I didn't honestly start seeing uh, a therapist until about, about, about six months after my parents. Right, because basically the first step's denial. So yeah. it's like you kind of have to come to terms and... After right. that, you accept what's going on. It's like, all right. right. And this can ha- This happened in my life where I had a problem and I was going down a dark hole. And I yeah. said, I don't want to feel like this anymore. I don't know right. what I have to do, but right. I'm going to find a way to change this. Yeah. For me, I reached a point where it could have been a beautiful sunny day. Not a cloud in the sky, beautiful 75-degree day in the middle of June, and I was looking at it, and to me, it felt like it was an overcast and it was raining. Mm-hmm. I literally saw that all the time. Yeah. And that's when my brother said to me, he was like, you, you need to get some help. I um, I will tell you, I did have a, a mental breakdown. Mm-hmm. I did. After my, my dad and after my mom, I did. I, I had a mental breakdown. Right. I mean, that's nothing you can control. Yeah. If it happens, it happens. And and that's a really good thing that your brother talked to you and and said that. Yeah. Um, and then the, the third thing I would say is, is you know, uh, probably the, the third tip would be um, Not everybody is is your enemy. If there's people that, and here's why I say mean by that, there's going to be some people that are going to see you in a rut, in a hole, and they may use tough love, they may use um, maybe some unorthodox tactics to help get you out of that depression. But it's because they truly love you, you know. And so, hang on to those folks, you know. Try not to, you know, lash out because I, I was pretty angry. Uh, I'll admit, I was pretty angry after my parents. And um, I realized that the people that were really trying to help me, I needed them the most. And um, so I would say never, you know, don't, don't treat them like enemies. You know, you don't mean to. It's easy to do it. But, yeah, they're, they're, those are your closest allies, you know, your friends. Right. Yeah, and it's it's pretty amazing people choose to stick around like that. Like, they don't have to. Mm-hmm. Like, they could be like, you know what, I'm out. Right. It, very easy. Most people would do that. But, yeah, I've, I've had friends that, that helped me in my worst times, and mm-hmm. those are the ones I'm going to, like, no matter what, like, I'm going to set everything aside for them. Like, they're my tribe. <laughs> yeah, I, I I have those, as I like to call, 3 a.m. friends. And here's what I mean mm-hmm. by that. Like, if you're up at 3 a.m. and it could be a bad dream or it could be whatever, you know that you could call them and they could always call you at 3 a.m. in the morning. Right. And they're always there. You right. Know? <laughs> so. Right. Yeah. Yeah, if you really think about it, like, if 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 it was something as simple as I got a flat tire, like, who yeah. would really come out? Those right. are the people that 
you might want to <laughs> think twice about, you know, saying something rude or treating them bad. It's like they actually care about you. Right. Yeah. And and, and there are times I had to, like, say that, you know what, I'm going to reframe from doing that because I know they, they're not trying to hurt me. Yeah. They mean well. They have my best interest at heart. You yeah. Know? So. Yeah, it's rough, especially when you're going through the time and everything. Yeah. It was, uh, I mean, it, it it's still... Um, coming up will be the 23rd of this month that will actually make one year for my mom okay you know it's already been a year now for my dad um you know so it, it's 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 been kind of kind of rough a little bit so right so yeah uh, so are you are you gonna do anything for that or um i'll the 23rd i'll probably take that day kind of like take a day of remembrance to, mm-hmm. to them um, I'm more spiritual than I'm religious. So okay. at my house, I have something called as a, um, uh, like an altar a little bit. You know, I have like a, a stand that has all of the pictures of my, my mom and my dad. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, you know, something I might want to add to, if you don't mind, I want to yeah. add to, you know, this, within this last year, not only was it just my parents, but I lost like, a few other people as well. Hmm. Um, earlier this month, I actually lost my uncle. Oh, so, yes. Yeah. So, you know, I lost a total of actually five people within the last year. Um, so it, it was really, it definitely exacerbated my my depression and PTSD. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I do is, um, a way of, as you say, a day, something to remember them by, I have like a shrine, you know, like, a, like an altar built for them, like with their pictures and everything, and you know, I have some candles, and uh, you know, I you know light one of those candles up and and take the time, and and just kind of honor them that way. Okay. So, yeah. And just kind of just be awesome. Yeah. The the good thing is uh, that I like to think every single one of us. And not even just us as people. We're just called beings. We're humans being, like right. our human beings. And everything there is, is. Everything there is is being. So, like, trees, they know how to just stay in the presence. Hmm. Animals, uh, kids, everything around. So, Einstein said matter cannot be created nor destroyed. Hmm. And so I, I'd like to think that consciousness is stillness. So if you take the time to be still and listen to your breath and like the in between the thoughts and the almost like nothingness, that's where we all exist. Yeah. So I can believe that. And, and there, there's even like a lot of I've been reading articles on like that the future past and present is like kind of like a human construct in that it, it really doesn't exist. The past is always there. You can just go there. Right. So like the future is <laughs> always there. You can just go there. So you're always in the present. So it's like everything is. So I feel like if we just take the time and just slow down, right. that we can all like be together. That's why I like the yeah. term nam- namaste. It's like namaste, you look into their eyes, it means you're mm-hmm. greeting soul to soul. Hmm. So once you understand that word and like actually understand the greeting, you kind of get in the path of, of, 
I don't want to be cheesy, but in enlightenment no. kind of. No, no, I, I I believe in that. Like, I believe in you know your mind like ascending. You know, so yeah, I, I, I do believe in that, and it is possible for us to reach that. You yeah, know? if we can sometimes, you know, shut up the sounds around us. Yeah, <laughs> sometimes you know if we could do that. Yeah, we we can do that. So I believe that's possible. Yeah, to slow down, we're always like. <laughs> Now, what what are how long are like stories now? Like ten seconds, fifteen seconds for right. like Facebook stories or whatever. Right, you know, like we're always we're always busy or always something going on. You know? Yeah, so like <laughs> we have to like flip through all these things that are like that short, and like all of a sudden your mind's gonna be like that. Your mind's not gonna be able to concentrate on something <clears throat> long because you need you're like. What's this fast food style of entertainment? Right. Exactly. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like you know when we listen to voices inside of us, when we hear a sound inside of us, we question it and ignore it. Oh yeah. But if our phone dings, we're like jumping right to it. Yep. You know, it's like, yeah. what's this? Like you exactly. Know? <laughs> so yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it, it that's a big problem we have, but I don't. I that's. <laughs> I don't even know how to tackle that. <laughs> I don't think anybody can. I think I think that's just like a personal, personal thing we have to work on, and that's mm-hmm. what I've realized. You know, dealing with with PTSD, you know, I had to learn how to find a way to shut up the the chatter right around me so that I could focus on what's the issue mm-hmm. at hand. You know, yeah, and by doing that, I think well, it's really a test of time. Mm-hmm. So like. If you can quiet that down, I think you could probably tackle anything in life. Like, oh, Lord, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, what is one lesson that you have learned from your father and one lesson you've learned from your mother? Huh. Well, you know, I'm going to say a uh, lesson I learned. Well, that's a lot of lessons I learned from my dad, <laughs> but... And a lot of lessons I also learned from my mom. But if I could do a takeaway on, on, on one thing, you know, my dad taught me how to how to be a man. You know, he taught me, you know, how to not – he didn't – I didn't – not to run from adversity and not run to from adversity. Like, he didn't teach me how to run away or run to it, but how to basically – he taught me how to confront adversity you don't run to it because you don't know what you're running into and you don't run away from it because it will follow you mm. but kind of look it in the eyes but you but you look at it in the eye and you know how to confront it hmm. and what to do when it comes your way right you know that's what i learned from my dad awesome you know my mom i i can say that I wouldn't be where I'm at when it comes to theater or entertainment and learning about class and style had it not been for my mom. You know, my mom, you know, showed always, my mom did not grow up rich, okay? My mom was not born with a silver spoon in her mouth, but she always showed us that, you know what, just because just because you may not just because you're less fortunate doesn't mean you can't have good things in life. Hmm. 
she definitely showed me that. That's awesome. So. Did you happen to catch the uh, latest uh, Chappelle stand-up? I've heard of it. I have yet, uh, I have yet to see it yet. Okay. I want to see it. Okay. I really do. I really want to see it. <laughs> so. Well, it just... I'm, I'm not trying to spoil alerts or whatever. Okay. It's just one line. <laughs> but he said that his father said, uh, son, poor is just a mindset. Mm. You're broke. <laughs> 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 but, but I really love his uh, his take on that, the mindset. Poor is just a mindset. If you If you keep your mindset there, then you're always going to be there. But if you, right. you know, there's... Even, like, I always like to go to Will Smith when he says that I already knew I was an A-list actor. I just had to show everyone. Hmm. So, like... I believe that, He's probably one of the best (laughs) mindsets out there, driven person. So, like, a lot of these people came from nothing, and Hmm. they already knew it in their mind. So, that's... That's what I got out of that. I thought that's no, no. That's pretty cool. Point. Manifestation is a very yeah. powerful thing. Yes. it truly is. I believe in it strongly. I do too. Yeah. <laughs> so, yep. That's awesome, man. Uh, if uh, you could say one thing to some someone that's listening to this, that's going through a tough time. Mm-hmm. A lot of people. The problem is a lot of people do listen to this and they do go through a rough time, and they. I've I've had messages and calls and stuff like that that their mm-hmm. life has been changed or okay. you know stuff like that. But a lot of people don't speak up, and a lot of people have problems and they are not embarrassed, but like they're just trapped in and they don't want to talk to people and like about their problems. Like I need to do something. So if you could say something to someone that's in despair, okay. What what would you like to say? Uh, you know, I'm going to say that what you're going through and what you're experiencing, don't think of it as it is some prison sentence. It's not a punishment. And what you're going through and what you're experiencing, you can't help it. And that's, it's okay. It's okay if, if you are experiencing experiencing things and you're going through tough times, you know, don't look at it as it's a, a punishment. There are people out there that are willing to listen. They're willing to listen. They're willing to be there. And, you know, whomever that person may be in your life that you know that you can talk to, then talk to that person. You know, don't, don't be shy because you don't want to leave those other people with the what ifs. Like, what if I had reached out, or what if I had talked to him, or what if he listened? You don't have to do that. You know, you there are people out there. You know, even if you can't get to a therapist or can't afford a therapist, there are people. You know, and they're willing to listen. So just never forget that.